So I missed the production meeting this morning. <laughs> Confession is good for your soul. Amen. And so I was studying there, and I was like, I think I'm supposed to go up. I'm not sure. You know, your pastor is crazy. <laughs> no, honestly, I just got to take a moment. So I wrote this Tuesday. Mike is already in June. I mean, he already has the service and stuff laid out in June. And so even yesterday, I was wrestling over this and this whole wonderful subject of how hard life is. But then it's even harder when you're stupid. <laughs> I was like, that is a great idea. I think I'm going to use that. <laughs> and so uh, thank you so much. My name is Samil, and I am... Uh, senior pastor at City Covenant Church in Detroit. Wanted to thank you guys so much for your outpouring and your manifestation of God's love upon our little church. Always grateful when I have the opportunity to come and to speak with you and to share with you what God has placed on my heart. God has really, I was telling my congregation last Sunday, he speaks to me. He speaks to me. And often I will, I'll go into a scripture or I'll go into a devotion or I'll go into something and I'll have like my mind wrapped around what I think this subject will be. And then he'll have this conversation with me and he'll say, ah, Samuel. So when I was initially looking at this, I wanted to celebrate Women's History Month, uh, all the wonderful women in our lives. And what would the church be without women? And so Mike said, you know, pick something in Proverbs. We're in Proverbs. And so I was going to look at the virtuous woman. And so then I just started looking and looking. And so I found this scripture that we're going to get into in a moment. And uh, it mentioned the teachings of a mother. I was like, man, you know, I, I miss my mother. My grandmother is my mother. So my grandmother raised me. When I was writing her obituary, I realized that she got a little infant. I might have told y'all this story. Act like you didn't hear it. <laughs> she got a little baby, and she was about 53 years old. And she got an infant. And I was bad. <laughs> they say you're not supposed to say kids are bad, but I was bad. And... Um, she was just a powerful woman of God. She was the first expression that I ever had of unconditional love. That in spite how bad I was, she still loved me. And I mean, she was pulling from me. And uh, sometimes I, I think about she never got to see this. She just got to see the bad Samuel. But she prayed every day. She was the person who introduced me to Christ. And so I just wanted to just salute all of the ladies. There's like this move right now that gender doesn't matter. You know, some folks are fluent. I can't, I'm too old, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> but gender does matter. Because it's the way God made us. 
And I know there's a whole bunch of confusion, and I'm not going to go there. I'll let Mike handle the hard stuff. <laughs> Amen. I came for fluffy. <laughs> but it does matter. There's a role that we play, and that the family is the mechanism that God wanted to use to spread his word, to spread his goodness. It was supposed to come through the family. And so, uh, being obedient to what Mike had given me, I found a scripture in Proverbs that we're going to look at today. Uh, It's in Proverbs 6. And we're going to look at verses 20 through 23. It says, My son, comply with the commandments of your father and do not ignore the teachings of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light. A rebuke for the discipline are the ways of life. Father, I bless you, and I thank you. I praise, and I magnify you. So grateful for you and all that you've done. You're a wonderful God, and I love you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to... uh, stand before your very elect and to proclaim your goodness. (laughs) You're just a wonderful, you are the wonderful God. And we thank you for the light that you provided in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray for Mike. Pray that you would be with him with that Raleigh group. Pray that you would bless them and be with Lori. And I thank you for Faith Covenant. I thank you for their expression again of your faithfulness. And we just bless you today. As usual, Holy Spirit, teach. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to know you in the power of your resurrection. It's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. I entitled uh, the sermon, The Light of My Life. The Light of My Life. As I was sharing with you earlier, you know, initially I was going to walk into this thing and I was going to have this conversation with you around this mother's teaching and how God used her also to bless and to strengthen and to encourage how this father uses this example with his son. But as I got into this thing deeper and deeper and I started thinking about it, I started thinking about all the crazy horror movies that I watched and how dumb the victims are in it. (laughs) I mean, a monster is chasing you and you decide to go upstairs? When you get up there, what are you going to do? Jump? Or you got a choice between going this way where the cars are or that way where the darkness and the bushes are and you go to the darkness and the bushes. 
I started to think even deeper about it, and the Lord was talking to me. That's the way our lives are without God. Without God, our lives are horror movies. And we're in them just making crazy, messed up, yes, I'll say it, dumb decisions. I mean, just think about it. Think about how you were a little child and you were sick and maybe mother or dad wanted to give you some some 666 or something to take down and get rid of. I don't like 666. Anyway, (laughs) to take down, to get rid of whatever you're going through. And you're going through all kinds of things. Oh, no, uh -uh, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. And even until adulthood. But you'll go to any bar and drink the nastiest thing in the world and pay for it. (laughs) Tip. (laughs) I've been throwing them down. And then then, then here you go. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Or, you know, I got my folks that, you know, marijuana is legal now. Got my folks that, <laughs> like that's, how dumb is that? How dumb is it that we think that altering our mind is better? That somehow the eagles sound better because you high. Luther Vandross is singing harder because you have. But we believe it. Now, I'm not saying maybe there's not an enhancement or maybe a different thing going on, but it's not better. And so the dumb things that we do, this father wants to caution his son. Nobody better than Solomon to do this. You know, Solomon, more than anything, asked God for wisdom. Let me get into the scripture. This Proverbs is a wonderful Proverbs. It's very, very powerful. And uh, it sets forth, again, the instructions of these parents, the instruction and the counsel. I, I'm like a, a homework pastor. So Mike gives y'all inserts and y'all got things, QR codes and all that kind of stuff. I want you to go home and get your Bible. Get your Bibles. And I want you to open up to Proverbs 6 and I want you to read it in its entirety. Because the instructions are so strong. Um, verse 1 talks about the father telling him, look, be careful about securities. Be careful about uh, taking pledges with individuals. Be careful about being a guarantor for your friends and your neighbors. Be careful about co-signing. Oh, I could just preach that all by itself. (laughs) Amen? Because you know, we quick to jump on the bandwagon without doing our homework. If I'm going to go, you know, financial. If a person needs a cosigner, there's probably a reason. <laughs> he goes on in verses 9 and 10, and he warns his son about being lazy. Now, you got to understand, this is a king's son. So he got it going on. He don't have to work. 
But he tells him about being lazy and slumbering and how poverty can quickly sneak up on you. It's interesting today, I'm not politically correct if you don't already know. There are people that don't want to work. That their jobs, I want to say this to you young people, if you're 40 and under, there are positions and jobs that are available today that have not been available for decades, literally, because my generation inhabited them. We had those positions, they were sweet positions, and we wasn't going nowhere. But now, us baby boomers, now we're going on with the Lord, now we're retiring, now we're looking for greener pastures, and we've stepped out of those positions, and now municipalities, DTE, Blue Cross, all these companies have these positions that are available to you, and somebody then kind of hoodwinked you and tricked you to think that life is like a Burger King commercial, you can have it your way. <laughs> no, you got to work. You have got to work, young people. You got to pay your dues just like we paid ours. And if you don't, poverty is going to sneak up on you. And you're going to find out there's no line of people that want to take care of you. God forbid you depending on the government. The government will give you $700 a month and tell you to live off of it. And check your bank account to make sure you don't have more. You got to take advantage of this beautiful season that you're in. I just had to pin there for a moment. He goes on in verses 16 through 19, and he sets the stage for what we're looking at in verses 20 through 23. He says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination. So he lists the things that God hates. Amen? He says, uh, a haughty eye. God absolutely cannot stand arrogance, pride. It is my personal opinion, this is a similism. When I write a book or something, become a commentary, I can make it official. That the number one sin in the body of Christ is pride. It is a sin that often captures all of us. Every single one of us get caught in these moments where maybe God is just supernaturally manifesting himself through us and we start to think it's us. We forget about our brokenness. And we start to thinking, you know what? I am all of that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Amen. I am the smartest. I am so fine. <laughs> you never had those moments? No. It's just me. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> he goes on to say, um, he hates a lying tongue. A lying tongue is a person that doesn't live in the truth at all. 
is a person that can quickly tell you a lie. Sometimes we cloud it up and say they're white lies, but lies are lies. He goes on to say, you know, hands that shed innocent blood. Man, we just had a 13-year-old murdered in the city of Detroit. 13-year-old boy, 17-year-old standing there, he gets shot. The 13-year-old gets murdered. My grandson is 13. As soon as that came over the news, I thought of him. The proliferation of these weapons, I don't know. We're evangelical. Maybe somebody can answer this for me. I don't know if you're expecting the Russians to come. I don't know if it's going to be the zombies. I don't know if it's civil war. I don't know why we think we need weapons that could take this whole room out. Clearly, you're not hunting a deer. But we only want to look at the subject when the innocent blood is shed. But every day in my community, somebody black or brown dying from a gun. Every day. I think last year we had 360 homicides in Detroit. And that was a good year. I like it when y'all quiet. <laughs> he goes on to talk about hearts that devise wicked plans. And so, you know, you think about, you know, all the big stuff, you know, so you think about, you know, wars and rumors of wars and all that kind of stuff. But when you're sitting back thinking about how you're going to sleep with her and y'all not married, when you're devising the plan to seduce him or to seduce her, those are wicked plans. Easy for us to look at, you know, the big stuff. The problem is there is no big stuff to God. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. So if I took, I'm not going to go there. I'll use this. If I took your cup and I just spit in it a little bit, would you drink it? I just spit in it a little bit. No, sin is sin. <laughs> Feet that run to evil. You know those people who just love drama? You know those people that just jump in the fight just because they fight? Don't even know which side they are. <laughs> it's a fight! It's a fight! It's a fight! running to evil. And then God hates a false witness. Someone that stands before others and declares something that they know is untrue. God hates that. What's interesting for me is these last two, false witness, and then the last one is spreading strife among your brothers. I've been troubled 
I've been doing my very best to share it with you with all of this red state, blue state. All of this Roe versus Wade. All of the separation that I've been watching churches go through. Division. Each side declaring their godliness. Certainly God would want us to have choice. Choose ye this day. Of course God is here for life. I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. But now we're staring down at each other. Now churches are fracturing and separating. Everybody's staring down their own nose but not smelling their own. I didn't say it. So he uses this to set the stage for where we're at. The first scripture I want you to look at is Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. These parents understand that this son must know in order for him to avoid the seductive world, in order for him to avoid uh, the devices of the adversary, the writer and the author declares that we have to know God. I like how he pins these three scriptures, this advice in the midst of him warning his son about being lazy and co-signing. And then he puts these scriptures here. And then after it, it talks about being an adulteress and about dealing with prostitution and that kind of stuff. But right smack in the middle, he lays out this advice, this parental advice. And it starts with the fear of God, the respect, the reverence of God. That's our scale. I, I always tell my congregation, I don't work for you. I serve you, but I don't work for you. You too easy. If I went by your standards, I would be just a little bit higher than a pimp. Because you just want me to be a puppet. You just want to influence me. But I have a higher standard. <laughs> a standard in which I am aware I cannot obtain. I'm always reaching. Always reaching to try to get to it. Knowing that I'm not ever going to get there. But I fear him. That's why I'm accounted wisdom. I fear with trembling the day that I have to stand in front of him. And I keep reminding myself of his grace. I keep reminding myself of his mercy. I keep reminding myself that he didn't come to condemn the world. But then I can't forget this mess that I am. Can't forget it. Every morning... My wife and I have a devotional, and in that devotional, 
We ask for forgiveness. I remember the first time I said it, my wife looked at me. I said, because our sins are many. I'm going to walk through this with you real quick. Verse 20 says, observe and do not forsake. Observe the commandments and do not forsake the teachings of your mother. Observe uh, to guard, to watch over, to keep, to maintain. That's what this father is telling his son. You've got to guard these commandments. You've got to watch over them. You've got to constantly look at them and, 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 and reinforce yourself in them. You've got to keep them. You've got to hold on to them. Even when the world says, oh, that's old-fashioned, or even when they say, oh, but what about this and what about that? Is it God only revealed himself to one people and all the kind of mess that people come with you? You've got to hold on to God's commandments. Of course, this is a father telling his son to listen to his teachings and his mother's teachings. He says, don't forsake them. Don't leave them. Don't cast them off. Don't reject them. Don't quit them. Don't abandon them. Let me help you. If you have surrendered yourself to God, and you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart, now the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That means that every single time you come against God, you are rebelling. When you cuss that person out, when you tell that lie, when you sleep with he, she, I, we, you, it, and they, you are actively abandoning, rejecting, At my church, I cuss. <laughs> I don't cuss. Anymore. I need you to know that because the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Holy Spirit will say, don't cuss her out. But Lord, she deserve it. Don't cuss her out. But Lord, look what he did. Don't, don't cut him. And so he says, make sure that you don't forsake it. The teaching would probably be the Shema, the Jewish prayer. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's our second scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So we have to understand that we're not following Dr. Phil. We're not following Oprah. We're not following Joe Biden. We're not following, ooh, Donald Trump. The Lord is the one. And we keep searching for greatness. We keep searching for leadership. We keep searching for righteousness. We keep searching for these things in the wrong entities. Donald Trump and Joe Biden are not 
the presidents for Christians, they're the president of the United States. So they represent people who like going to strip bars. They represent people who like getting high. They represent men who want to wear a dress. They represent the United States. You already have the one. You're just like the Israelites who tell God they want a king. Could you imagine your child coming to you saying, I want a parent? Could you imagine that? After all you've done to raise them, protect them, keep them, I don't think that there's any being on the earth that's more helpless than an infant baby. An infant baby literally can't do nothing. Cry. But yet you as a parent raise them. Then they get to 13 to 16 and think they know something. Amen? And it's like they want to tell you, I want a parent. Or I want to be my own parent. And you just look and shake your head. That's the way we are as Christians. I got to go. <laughs> this expression is not just a prayer that would be taught to Jewish children but it's also a creed of Jewish belief and faith. It is an absolute divine law, teaching and understanding. Proverbs 6 and 21 says, bind them continually on your heart. Bind, attach, fasten, gird, confine, knit them. God's teachings, God's commandments. That's important. These parents may be the ones. My grandmother may have been the one who said it, but the authority was God's. Faith Covenant has a tremendous sound system. They have some of the best equipment. I'm poor, I know. But it's nothing if the musicians don't come up here and sing. That's us. We are the system. We're the microphones. We're the speakers. We're the amplifiers. But it's nothing if God doesn't sing. I got a Baptist background, so I'm going to say I got to go three times. <laughs> Keep them close. Ensure yourself not to forget continually, forever, always, perpetual, daily, without interruption. I like that. Continually thinking about what God, you know, we used to wear the bands and say, what would Jesus do? Around the neck, some of us were latchkey babies. We used to have the key around our neck. 
so that we didn't lose it. Mom and daddy didn't trust you to put it in your pocket. Verse 22 says that they will walk with you. They will guide you. Then it goes on to say, when you sleep, they'll watch over you. And when you awake, they'll talk to you. Now, you know, I told you guys, I originally came into this thing thinking about Women's History Month, right? So I'm studying this and I'm studying this and all of a sudden I see this little thing in the Hebrew that says that the they is the the third person feminine. Which means that in the language that is spoken, it says she. She. I was like, Lord, you know, you make up for my ignorance all the time. God is so good. In other words, the scripture could say, when you walk, she will guide you. When you sleep, she will watch over you. When you awake, she will talk to you. As I get ready to close and get out of here, this is the second or third. Somebody, anybody count? If it's, if it's the third, then I'm out of here. <laughs> to lead forth, to govern, to lead back, watch, to keep, to guard, to observe. Talk is the one that really had me going. Meditate, commune, converse, advise, merce to complain. I was like, complain? Why would it say complain? Well, we, in the dispensation of grace of the New Testament, have the in-grown Holy Spirit in us. So that when we do wrong, the Holy Spirit complains. The Holy Spirit said, come on, Samil. Really? That's, that's how you chose to handle that? The light, the commandment is the lamp. The lamp is the revealer. The commandment is the law. The law can never save you. What the law did was reveal to you what's right or wrong. You touch the hot stove, mama doesn't whoop you. But then mama tells you, don't touch that. Now she's laid the law. So the next time you go to touch the hot stove, because the law was laid, the revealer was given to you. The teaching is the light, the knowledge and the understanding. Illumination at the end of the day. The divine process whereby God causes the revelation and the understanding to enter our hearts. For us, again, as persons of God, the illumination is guided and instructed by the Holy Spirit. 
and ultimately it's for reproof and for discipline. For the unsaved, all right, they're blind because of their fallen flesh, because of their nature, and because of Satan. For the saved, it helps them fully grasp the marvelous message of God. My last scripture is Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It says, to the way of life. Life is hard. It's kind of hard for us to understand that today because we have so many amenities. I mean, I'm going to go on the QR code just so I can get the free Dunkin' Donuts. I'll I'll follow (laughs) y'all. I should be able to get a free donut. (laughs) Amen. If it's not hard for you yet, just hold on. If you're on a roll, roll with it. But just understand it's coming. Out of the blue, you can walk into your job and it's over. Out of the blue, you can go in the study hall, get prepared for your biology test, and it's over. Out of the blue, the people that you hugged and, and raised you and all of that can sit down in front of the doctor and hear cancer. If you're rolling right now, roll with it. But just understand, it's coming. It is coming. And you need to have that lamp that'll guide you through those moments. You need to have that light that'll provide the knowledge for you to navigate through the difficult parts of life. And when I think of difficult parts of life, I don't just mean tragedies. You know, the biggest issues for us many times, especially in the body of Christ, is success. You want to see who a person really is, give them money or power. I want to thank you guys for this opportunity to come before you and mess with you a little bit. Amen? Amen. Blame Mike. I would not have picked Proverbs. (laughs) Praise God. But I really do want you to understand, you know, ultimately, this life that you lead will help lead your children and your neighbors and your family to God. So if you lead a dumb life, you're going to lead them to ignorance. But if you lead a godly life, all right, then the Lord will manifest himself through you continually. And your children will declare over your grave one day how my mama, how my daddy was a saint. God bless you. Thank y'all so much. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next, James, because I missed the meeting.